It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Strip Naked Podcast. This is season one, episode one. I am your host, Marcy Cornegie. And I am also a former collegiate golfer and former golf coach and know firsthand the challenges of leaving behind the structure and the discipline of athletic competition and, and searching for a new sense of purpose and fulfillment. So today I want to talk about something that I believe is the very core of who we are as individuals, and that is our identity and really the basis of this entire podcast. Identity is it's the sum of our experiences. Uh, it's our beliefs and our qualities that make us who we are. It's what gives us a sense of purpose and direction in life. And it's what shapes our perspective on the world. But for many of us, uh, finding and maintaining a strong sense of identity, it's hard. It can be a challenge, especially as we navigate all of life's transitions, right? And, you know, something that recently we experienced was the, the transition of some of the challenges that we all faced during the recent COVID-19 pandemic. I don't know, like so many women athletes, I struggled to find my place in the world after my time on the golf course came to an end. I graduated from the University of Mississippi, also known as Ole Miss in Oxford, Mississippi. And at the time, our team rewrote the history books and I think we created a pretty good foundation to what is now, I would say, a collegiate women's golf powerhouse, which includes a, a recent national championship. So shout out to my Ole Miss Rebels there. You know, I loved my experience so much. Like, I love the status. Like, you're walking around campus with this a little bit of swagger, you know, unlike most other students on campus, maybe. You know, I loved... All the superficial things, the gear, the golf courses, the tournaments we got to play. I, I love the friendships and the camaraderie and you know, all, like all of the lessons that I learned, you know, just experiencing, you know, life as a, a student athlete. I maybe didn't enjoy study hall as much as I should have. You know, come to think of it, I think I definitely remember 
and probably embrace the rainy days more than the absolute perfect days. And I'm speaking figuratively and like actual rainy days because there's nothing worse than a rainy day for a golfer. But, you know, just the time when being an athlete, it just sort of sucked the whole timing behind everything. We were always rushing to a workout or rushing to a practice, getting on the bus to go to a tournament, you know, trying to have a social life, going to class, having exams, having some of the biggest tournaments in our schedule right in the middle of exams. It was all tough to juggle it. And, you know, those days could be really, really hard, but they were also super rewarding too. And I loved everything about it, the sense of community. And just that team culture, you know, I, I just I loved all of it. It was it was so amazing. So post-graduation, I transitioned to what I felt like was probably the most natural step. And that was to get right into coaching and coaching those same golfers that I was just not so long ago. For 15 years, I put every ounce of identity into being a golf coach, like the technical side of golf development. Involving Sweden mechanics, the hours spent understanding the mental skills and, and how to coach them both to broadening my knowledge of strength and conditioning, learning about nutrition, learning about was the best equipment for my players to be using. I was getting to be an expert in travel and, and driving a van. <laughs> You know, I was taking late night phone calls from players that were distraught over personal relationships or the amount of playing time that they were getting or, you know, they were wondering how to manage parent dynamics. It was all just this complete responsibility of mastering like a holistic approach to helping a student athlete find success while making sure, making absolutely sure that they were being seen and heard and and valued no matter what. And and I really embraced identifying as a transformational coach. I, like I did everything I could to make sure that the culture remained high and golf stores stayed low. You know, it was like not only my job, but it was who I was. It was it was my identity to my very core. You know, I didn't even mention the recruiting piece of coaching, which could be summed up pretty easily. There's absolutely no way to recruit effectively if you don't believe in your product or you don't believe in yourself or the commitment to the investment that you're making both in your product and yourself. And of course, that's all tied to identity as well. So I was a coach to my very core. And then 2016 happened and I was fired for no cause, simply meaning that I didn't do anything wrong and it was officially documented as such and they just want to take the program in a different direction. That sucked. I was sad. I was angry. I was hurt. I, like I felt this entire array of emotions. Just like that, I wasn't a coach anymore. And that identity just felt like it was stripped away and I, I didn't have any say in it. With any big change comes this reflection time and... <laughs> I made this list and I do love a good list, but I made this list of pros and cons of getting fired. And it was a short list and there were, you know, very few pros and there were very few cons. And I just, they were just so high level, but I wrote down on my pro side first that I now have time to do everything that I've ever daydreamed about doing, but just never felt like I had the time to do or felt like I couldn't get away. Which, of course, prompted a whole nother list, which oh, I do love my list. And then another pro was that I can do anything, be anything, live anywhere I want to live. And that felt pretty good, yet scary. And then maybe the final pro was 
what was it? And it was like, I still, oh, I still had another year left on my contract, meaning I was going to get paid that next year, no matter what I decided to do, no matter what decision I made. So I packed up my bags, went to Costa Rica. I fished, I surfed, I ziplined, I night hiked with the most poisonous frogs in the world. I got sunburnt and then unfortunately had to come home. I felt a little empty, not going to lie. I no longer identified as a coach. That put me kind of back to that same weird, sad, angry feeling. And one day I, I pulled back out that, that list, my daydream list that I'd made and decided right then that I was going to do something that I daydreamed of doing ever since I was a little girl and postpone making any decisions right away. But I was going to, uh, I was going to through hike the Appalachian trail, which spans 2,190 miles ish through 14 States. And I was going to go South. So I was going to walk from Maine to Georgia. And I, I think at the time I figured that spending four to five months in the woods would help point me in the direction of a new identity or I was in the next steps were going to be identified and it was going to be a very decisive aha moment. And that's all I needed was just to go out into the woods and then come back and I would just immediately know exactly what I was going to do. My AT experience, well, that's a whole nother podcast, I guess, within itself. And and actually, one does exist. I did record an episode on the Amazon's podcast with Chris Stafford. It was my very first podcast episode that I'd ever recorded or, or been on. And I was a nervous wreck. So I don't remember saying anything on that podcast that was worth listening to. I have no idea. Um, and to this day, I, I still have not listened to it. So <laughs> listen at your own risk if you want. But Back to the AT. So I set out on this journey thinking about coaching again. You know, the, the first week, that's all I could think about was like, okay, where will I go coach? What team am I going to have? Uh, what, what's the location going to be like? You know, what level am I going to coach? Am I going to stay at the division one level? Would I go back out and be a head coach or would I go back and be an assistant coach again? And then. I don't know. It dawned on me. And for the the next, I don't know, 130 days out of the 137 days that I spent out on trail, I started discovering that I had, there was this whole other world and that I had new interests that I didn't even know about. Then I never took the time because I was so hyper-focused on being a coach and identifying as such. But I, I fell in love with World War One and World War II history. I learned how to journal. I learn how to meet new people and not be so awkward about it. Um, there were so many people out there that I met. They're just so different than me. And it was amazing. And I learned how to wander around and not care about time anymore because time was so important to me as both a golfer and as a coach, like as a golfer, if you're late to a tee time, you're penalized. And, you know, if you were a player playing un under me, uh, and you were late to practice, it was up to me to discipline you. And I hated that part of coaching, by the way. But, you know, it was all about being on time and respect and, and everything like that. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Going back to the AT, like, I, I was quiet enough to explore all these other I guess facets of my life. I explored my faith and my spirituality and, you know, who I am, if, if not a coach. And I'm not saying I was completely convinced that I wasn't ready to coach again after my through height, but I knew that I was ready to explore uh, a different challenge and to maybe, well, maybe not wear a golf shirt and sunscreen to work every day. I was curious about other things. And if I was ever going to, be curious and step out of my comfort zone and try something new and different. Now was the best time to do it. And I thought a lot about my family and, and my parents who are, well, they're both retired now, but they were, they were both realtors and they worked their way through real estate as million dollar sales agents uh, to franchise owners. And they worked hard. They built a property management company from the ground up. Shout out to my dad on that one. And they served as the most distinguished real estate educator in the state of Georgia. Shout out to my mom on that one. And together, you know, they found a lot of happiness through all of it, despite all of the, you know, the challenges and the setbacks that they had. And I I was curious. I, I wondered, you know, could I go into the family business? Could I be a realtor? Could I identify as a realtor? I don't know. I watched my parents grow up and do it. I I witnessed them from 40 years, you know, and I saw what they did. I saw their late nights. I saw them working on the weekends, sacrificed miss dance recitals that I had, though I'm sure my dad was fine missing my debut as a ballerina. And side note on that one was that being a ballerina was never an identity that I was willing to embrace. Saved everybody there. But, you know, and I figured that at this point, If my family could all come together, my brother is a realtor as well. If my family could all come together under the same profession, you know, we could all bond and, you know, become a tighter family unit. And, you know, we'd have our real estate stories and use our real estate jargon and discuss possible negotiation scenarios. And, you know, if I could be mentored by the best in the business and build a stronger bond and, you know, with these guys, then I was in and I passed my real estate exam on the first try. Well, I guess that just meant that I was actually listening to my parents talk behind the scenes for all those years, you know, with conversations around the dinner table. But yeah, I I ended up working out of the same brokerage where my mom was a sales manager and immediately developed this love-hate relationship with real estate. Like I loved all the fun stuff. Actually, I really embraced and loved working for and with my mom. I think that was a really special moment that we were able to have. But I don't know. I don't think I hated it, really, but I'm just not sure I loved it. And maybe I just didn't give it a good enough try. I don't know. I didn't stay there long enough. I think that if I could have eventually filled this competitive void that I was missing, but, you know, I really wasn't there long enough to feel that heartache of a missed listing or having a closing blow up on closing day. But 
I know that I was there long enough to know that I missed being in sports and around coaching and the mentality of coaching. And, and it was time that I needed to find that new identity or at least go back to where I'd been before. And I think that it's pretty natural that sometimes we go back to where we feel the most comfortable. It's, it's really hard being hung out in that uncomfortable zone for too long of a period. Fortunately, I was combining both my love of coaching with the business of people and customer service with a director position with a nonprofit called We Coach, who actually they had a podcast on the WISP Sports Network called the We Coach Podcast. And I got to guest host a few of those episodes. <laughs> That's how I ended up here hosting this new show and meeting Chris along the way. But anyway, all that beside the point, I completely embraced my new identity of supporting women coaches, like in all sports at all levels. I love to see them succeed and advance in their careers and to help be a resource for the coaches that I wish I had when I was coaching. You know, it makes me think that I wonder if I could have, you know, still remain coaching had I had these resources and access to it. And I think probably the best part about identifying with an organization like We Coach was the people. Like I never knew how much I appreciated so many different brands and identities of people and so many different sports and different backgrounds and and everything. And it felt good to be there. Like I was serving and seeing my identity like come full circle, you know, athlete to coach to, you know, supporting and serving coaches. But after a few years, I got the itch to be in the woods again. And, uh, you know, now I'm starting to realize that that is a pattern and that outdoor living and outdoor pursuits are a pretty defining identity for me. And I make sure that I do everything that I can to maximize time and spend my time wisely to get out in the woods and embrace that side of me as well. But this past summer, I ended up through hiking the Pacific Crest Trail from Mexico to Canada. It's uh, 2,650 miles. And uh, unfortunately, fell a, a few miles short of the Canadian border due to some wildfires. But again, it was just like the AT. Like I dove so deep into self-discovery. But this time, I'm leaving more questions than answers. But it's okay. It, like I'm, I'm okay with it. I have confidence that those answers are going to come and, and things are going to shake out. And uh, And I'm looking forward to the opportunity to go back and finish those last few miles to completely end my journey and adventure on the PCT. And if you are curious about my journey on the PCT, there is a podcast for that too. And I, I think to sum it up, I've had a varied career journey and I'm currently exploring my identity and the best way to serve others. And I, I think that it's not uncommon, I think, to feel uncertain about one's career path and identity, especially after experiencing different roles in, in industries. One thing I have discovered, though, about myself is that I do love supporting and serving others. And I share all of this because maybe you've experienced something similar in your continuous search for identity, or maybe it's belonging or finding community or being relatable and relevant in your world. And you've experienced, you, you know, your own unique path throughout this entire process of, of identity and uh, embracing that identity. And, you know, through my own personal journey, I've, I've come to understand the importance of embracing our experiences as athletes and using them to shape who we are and maneuver and navigate uh, everything that life holds. 
and in in who we want to become, um, whether it's the discipline, the drive, the camaraderie, our athletic experiences, they can be a valuable asset in our post-competition lives. And it's important to remember that identity is fluid and it's an evolving concept. And it's it's OK to explore and try different things before uh, finding what truly resonates with you. It all contributes to the unique set of skills, experiences, and perspectives that make up our identity. And that, my friends, is why I wanted to start this podcast, to explore those experiences and bring women athletes on as guests, Olympians, uh, elite athletes, <laughs> recovering athletes, current athletes, you know, the women who are badass doing what they do and their stories of how they've transitioned from competition to the next chapter of their lives and to figuratively strip naked and share those stories of, you know, those who have found their new identity and those who are still searching like me. And to provide a, a safe space where we can all come together, we can share our struggles, we can celebrate our wins, we can learn from each other and really get into everybody's experiences on making these uh, transitions out of being elite athletes. I hope that you, like me, find inspiration and support along the way. So please join me as we embark on this journey together. We bring in our special guest. We discover what it means to be a woman athlete beyond our sport, and we're able to, quote unquote, get to the bottom of things on the Stripped Naked podcast. Make sure that you have subscribed and liked our podcast on all of your favorite podcast app players. You can also find us at the Stripped Naked Podcast on Instagram. So when you go to search on Instagram, make sure you are typing in the Stripped Naked Podcast. If you're typing anything else, well, you are entering at your own risk, my friend. So find us on Instagram at the Stripped Naked Podcast. You can also follow Wisp Sports at Wisp Sports on all social media uh, outlets and also on YouTube where you can like and subscribe there as well. So if you have any questions, please reach out. We'd love to hear from you. This is hopefully interactive. We're going to bring some wonderful guests in so stay tuned and until we can strip naked together again everybody be good